Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and tight. you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Chuck, good morning. Good morning. Hey, How was you guys doing? Good. It was good to see you Saturday in, in Provo at the game. And, uh, you know, uh, our thoughts have been with you. Losing a parent's never easy. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're th- we've been thinking about you for several well, days. Well, thank you. And I, people have been very kind the past several days. And uh, it's, it's been uh, very reaffirming from that perspective but um thank you and i do appreciate everything that people have said well man what a fun day it was uh at byu what a yeah. first, first of all we'll get to the game but man have you ever broadcasted a game you know you've been doing this for 30 years and since arkansas has been in the sec there's nothing like the setting there at lavelle edwards stadium maybe if you just the beauty of that that scene was was incredible it was unbelievable you know it was um the scenery there is just it's indescribable, and you know the the mountains there are just the the dominant. They dominate everything when you walk outside. I mean, they're just right there, and you're right in the middle of them, and you can't escape them. Um, it was a beautiful view. Now, once the game started, you know, I was locked in on the field, and at one point, I kind of looked up and I thought, "Oh yeah, I'm in maybe the most beautiful setting in which I've ever done a game." But um, you know, it it, it was beautiful. I it's. Um, I don't know what they do all the time. I mean, maybe the people that live there just walk outside and look at the view every day. I don't know. Yeah, but used um, to, yeah. Yeah. it was um, it was really pretty, yes. Did you get one of those cougar tails, Chuck, like Tommy did? Uh, you know, we did have a cougar tail in our booth. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I thought the cougar tail was vastly overrated. I mean, it was okay, but I thought it was vastly overrated. And inform our audience what that is for those that don't well, know, that we didn't, they didn't hear us last it's week. It's a... Uh, it's a big long dota. It's a, you call them, I guess, long johns is what I'm used to. When you go to the the bakery, it's a long john. It's chocolate covered long, and it was a big deal apparently that they had the chocolate covered. Apparently, that's like a break from tradition there. Well, and, it was uh, only the second time, yeah. according to what I was told. Yeah, so I, that I didn't they read had that put in the note chocolate package, rather but, uh, than maple. Yeah, on the uh, on the top of it. But yeah. that's that's their when you go to their stadium, you got to get one of those cougar tails, and yeah. it was okay. I mean, it was okay. I felt like I took part in the tradition but you know i i didn't see what the big deal was about it was it's dog. not a chili dog or anything like that guys <laughs> yeah. i mean it's, it's 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 not anything great i'll be honest i didn't eat one i just took a picture, picture of one. Of i had a bite i had a couple of bites but uh you know what was the su- the sweetest thing and uh did, well, what a segue that was the sweetest thing was those eight drives in a row led by kj jefferson where arkansas from Basically, the end of the first quarter till they were held at the goal line, Chuck, were offensively, at least, in total control of the game. Yeah, I mean, they scored, what, 38 points in the second and third quarters? I mean, it was, uh, you know, they just put on a show offensively, and I thought there were a lot of things in play. Speed was number one, particularly among the receivers. I mean, 
you know, they had clearly scouted BYU and knew that they could throw the ball or at least had a chance to throw the ball into the middle of the field. But, you know, that only works if K.J.'s accurate. I mean, there was a lot of uh, intermediate passing in that game. And, um, you know, it only works if he's accurate. And he was terrific, I thought. And the receivers were great. And um, the defense did just enough. There were two big moments in the game. And for all the grief we give officiating, the replay booth, I thought, might have made the biggest play of the game. It was a third down. Bodies were kind of turned opposite towards the what was the home sideline in this case. And they stopped the game to check the spot going into a fourth down play. Chuck, they, they go to TV timeout. They come back. It's now fourth down and inexplicably. I cannot tell you what BYU was thinking when they went for it on fourth and two links of the ball. But they did, and Arkansas gets the ball back at the 34-yard line. That was the strangest sequence. You yeah. know, for those who were in the stadium, and I know most people were watching it on TV, you know, you came back from a commercial break watching the TV, and there was the official making the call and moving the ball back. When you were inside the stadium, they had the replay determined probably a minute mm-hmm. before commercial came back, and they kept the ball on the 35-yard line. And so it appeared inside the stadium as though the spot was going to stand and it was going to be a first down. So they they brought the offense back out for BYU, the defense back out for Arkansas, and they didn't move the ball back until they came back from the TV timeout. I don't know if the teams knew in advance or not. I, I, I suspect they, they might have. I suspect they might have. But um, I don't know why they lined up the way they did. Um, you know, you're trying to draw the defense offside, but you got to make sure you don't screw up too. And their coach said after the game that he wasn't supposed to snap the ball, and they don't know why he did, um, and that's why they had the fumble. Now, I thought that was a classic case of a coach throwing a player under the bus, and I was very surprised that he did that, frankly. I think he was trying to cover his own butt for his fan base, to be real honest with you. But uh, when you line up in that situation in your own territory – you know, you're taking a risk yourself. Even if all you're trying to do is draw the other guys off sides and make them make a mistake, um, you know, you may make a mistake too. And clearly that's what happened, and I thought that play turned the game. Just to, to add to you setting the scene there, they had reset the chains and set the fourth down box a half a yard short. So I think the teams probably did know before they came back from TV timeout. But it reminded me so much of that time Houston Nutt went for it at his own 29 against South Carolina and failed to make it in the way it turned that game. This turned the football game. Arkansas goes down and score. They get the ball back. They score again before the half. And it was like all the wind was out of the sails of BYU at that moment. I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't think about that play. I'll tell you the play I thought about was KJ's play at A&M. That when you look right now at what's happened this season, you've had two plays involving quarterbacks that changed the game and perhaps – change the next two or three weeks. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I, th- I think that uh, I think they exercised KJ's fumble this past Saturday if you want to get right down to it because I think that, that, that plays affected him for two or three weeks. I really do. And, you know, that type play there that changed that game and you win that ball game on the road and you go into an open week now and suddenly, you know, you feel like you got a chance to cobble together a pretty good season here. So we may look back on that play. Mm-hmm as is significant as what K.J.'s play was down in uh, Arlington. Got a few texts in here this morning. Derek from Fort Lee, Virginia, was really proud of the maturity they showed going on the road 
after losing three straight games and getting a victory. Lane and Leslie really appreciates what Hudson Clark was able to do. Hudson had a pick, and he had that fumble recovery. I think it was Drew Sanders and Dwight McLaughlin that ripped it out. He definitely had an impact on the game after getting pretty heavily criticized these last few weeks, guys. Oh, he's a lightning rod for criticism, and he just keeps on going out there and playing. And I think that's uh, that's what you've got to respect about him. I mean, every game, it's either picking on Hudson Clark, and you know, people uh, you know people talk about that, and I know that, and he knows that, and he just keeps on going out there and playing. Now, I happen to think safety's the best position for him based on what we've seen so far. Uh, the play where he picked the ball off, I mean, he came over the top, and I mean, he just really made a made a great play on the ball, and he's a terrific athlete and plays the ball well, has good hands. Not every defensive back can catch it, you know, and he missed one uh, the week before. So I just thought he played a great game. Almost had an early one in that game, too, if you remember. He came yeah. over kind of in the red zone area. He's he's had a knack for at least getting his hands on the ball. Hey, here's the deal. When you're depleted the way they are in the secondary, you go out there every Saturday and you play the best you can. And uh, that's what he's done week in and week out. He takes the criticism and he just keeps on playing. And you buy all the pizzas you can for the offensive line and KJ and his running backs and, and hope that they support your defense with 52 points because there's not going to be many chances uh, for the other team to win when, uh, when your team scores 52. One of the other highlight moments of the game, and I couldn't spell Houdini. I didn't have time to look it up. But when KJ <laughs> escaped, it was Houdini-esque. I wanted to tweet the word Houdini, and I knew I would mess up the spelling. But that's exactly what it was. It was a Houdini-like uh, performance. It eludes a sack twice, fires a pass to Knox. I think it was 32 yards or so on the gain, and that was a huge swing play in the game. You know, we, uh, yesterday when I was talking to Matt Jones, when we were uh, talking and, and um, recording the podcast, to be very honest about it, he, he compared it to Ben Roethlisberger. And I didn't really think about that, but you remember Steeler fans know this. I mean, Guys would just fall off Big Ben when, you know, when he was in his prime and it would seem as though they had him down. He was just so big, they'd just fall off of him. And I thought that's what K.J. did. I mean, you got a 6'3". They list him at 242. I mean, he's uh, he's several biscuits beyond 242. Let's just say that. And and uh, that's a big man. And they were just falling off of him. And, and that was, uh, you know, that was a critical second biggest play of the game, according to Sam Pittman. I know, I know you don't watch Twitter, Ty. I know you probably saw this where KJ tweeted out kind of basically a, a thanks to the con- strength and conditioning staff uh, for that play because they, that was a highlight the SEC Network had put out. And he, he said something about I lift weights too or something along that line. So, I mean, that was just pure strength. That, that's all that play boiled down to is his physical strength. Well, that and competitiveness. And, and, and I've always maintained that that's KJ's greatest quality is that he is the type of competitor that wins you games in clutch situations. I mean, that's what he does. And he was just, um, you know, he was the man. He threw five touchdown passes. I think it was, I don't know if it was Tom or Bob that wrote in the Democrat Gazette. He came back with a vengeance. And um, that's how he played. I mean, he's played with a vengeance all day long. And the offense clicked, you know, the way that we've not seen it click before. And Hey, let's give those guys credit for a pretty darn good game plan. Because on, on a day when everybody, myself included, expected Arkansas to come out and just pound and pound and pound, they threw 28 passes in the first half. And, um, you know, K.J. was, I mean, he was spot on from the get-go. 
and the one of the big recipients from that game was Matt Landers, who had three touchdowns, slightly under 100 yards. Here's Coach Pittman on what he had to say about the Georgia and Toledo transfer. I don't know if Matt thought we was going to be throwing it, airing it out every play, you know, when he came here. But for him to have eight catches and three touchdowns, I very rarely mention anybody in most game talk about the team and what we did. But I mentioned him today. I thought that was really good for Matt and for the team. Tommy, that's one of the things you and I were discussing late into the week last week is getting him involved. I'd say he was pretty involved in the game plan. Well, I've I've asked the question, who's the premier wide receiver on this team? You know who the running back is. You know who the quarterback is. You know, a lot of times, you know, teams easily identify a go-to wide receiver. Arkansas really had one. Maybe Landers is starting to blossom into that. Chuck, to make this run in the final five games, to win three or four of these, to have the kind of bowl game you'd hope for, someone's got to step up at wide receiver and, for lack of a better term, become the man. Well, and, you know, there's a lot of candidates out there, and he certainly had that type game on Saturday. I think we're looking at, you know, you see Keytron, we've, we've, we've seen him get better as the season goes on, and all of a sudden Bryce Stevens has kind of emerged a little bit. Uh, you know, Thompson didn't play in the first half. And um, you know Thompson's been a he's been a sometimes factor. I don't know that he's I don't know that he's going to be you know one of the breakout guys. I think if it's you know among those two, it'll probably be Landers. And look, when you target a guy as many times as they did Saturday, and you have as many completions and he scores as many touchdowns, they're going to go right back to him against Auburn. And you know Auburn's going to game plan for him a little bit more. Uh, when, uh, you know, when that, of course, Auburn's open this week too. So, um, you know, he's got to emerge if this is going to be as good as we saw Saturday. I, I mean, um, for them to play offensively the way they did this past weekend, he's got to be a big part of it. I also thought that they did a good job initially with Trey Knox, and I was advocating, find him in the red zone, find him in the red zone. He kind of nestled in that zone area, that pocket, and K.J. threw it only where he could get it, and Trey made a nice catch. I think that you could see more of that in the future, especially if he's able to make snags like that. Well, one thing you got to remember too, though, guys, as, as much as Auburn struggled, they're going to be better defensively than BYU. Every team Arkansas plays on their schedule the rest of the way, with the possible exception of Liberty, is going to be better defensively than BYU was. So, you know, um, sometimes when guys don't touch the ball, it's because the other teams have them covered up. It's not because you don't want to go there. It's not because it's not part of the game plan. Um, it's because the other guys do a good job. You know, they're on scholarship too. And so... Um, you know, you got to understand that the defenses, again, with the exception of Liberty, four of these last five are going to be better than what you saw this past Saturday. But, um, you know, they were able to get more people involved in the offense, and that gives them more options going forward. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, you know, we'll see what happens here in the next few weeks. Uh, the, the thing that, that Sam pointed out, and you could just see the smile on his face is, about getting healthy, and, and I think this team will transform a little bit and maybe gain a little bit to their stride, Chuck, just by getting some of these defensive backs out. You know, I caution myself from too much optimism. He said every week he thought some guys were going to be back that, that didn't, and, and sometimes that's just football, but I think with two weeks you're going to see some guys back for Auburn that they hadn't had in a little while. Well, I hope so. I mean, you think about what happened Saturday, and I know people gripe about the defense, but guys, I mean, I'm going to tell you, they are playing – in the secondary as shorthanded 
as just about any team you'll ever see. I mean, respectfully, they didn't plan on Kiwan Parker playing this year. You know, you signed some guys with the idea that you're going to play them now. You know, you need help from them pretty quick. You sign other guys with the idea that we're going to develop that guy. Kiwan's one of those guys. I mean, they didn't plan on him playing this year. He's out there playing quarterback against a passing offense. And Trent Gordon, bless his heart, I mean, transferred from Penn State. He's a good player, but you don't, you don't plan on having him out there situations and you got guys playing different spots and you know hey they battled I mean they battled and they left it all out there and that's really you know I don't know how much more you can ask of a of a young group than what uh, you know what they ask of them on Saturday guys I know it's the you know it's the time of year when you know a lot of people people are making moves I mean the one thing that amazes me is how the housing market just keeps on trucking in Northwest Arkansas and okay. you know Weicker Realtors the Griffin Company has been a big part of that and when I talk about them all I can really say is my personal experience and my personal experience was was great I partnered with them to sell a home partnered with them to buy a home and both times it exceeded my expectations and I think it'll be your experience too because these are trained real estate professionals this is their full-time job they understand the market and most importantly they understand how to get you from contract to close because when you're involved in a real estate transaction at the end of the day that's the most important thing they've got offices in Fayetteville they're in Springdale and Bentonville office in Fort Smith they've opened an office recently in Branson Missouri you're gonna see their yellow signs everywhere and you can log on to WeikerdGriffin.com. our number is 877-377-6963 got a couple texts that we're gonna get to and a call from Jimmy and Conway go ahead Jimmy top of the morning to you fellas Jimmy top of the morning to you hey Jimmy hey, how's it going I- uh, beautiful Monday morning when Alabama loses. It's always good. Uh, I, I watched that game, and, uh, you know, all I could think about was that's going to be us one of these days. We're going to break this streak just like they did, and it's going to be a great, great time for us. It, it will happen. I don't know when. My, my next comment or question is I, I'm wondering about uh, – who is supposedly our best defensive lineman that's been hurt, Carter. Any timeline on, is he coming back this year? He could help. I'm just curious about what his progress is. Thanks. Appreciate it, Jimmy. Yeah, there hasn't been, I don't think Coach has been asked about Torian in several weeks now. Yeah, they haven't had an update on him in quite some time. I mean, they're going to have to dance with what they got right now. Hey, you know, he was talking about Tennessee winning. I was reading this. You guys may have read this. The last time Alabama lost a game on the road where they didn't storm the field was 2010. They lost to LSU in Baton Rouge 24-21. to That's the last time they've lost a game on the road where they didn't storm the field. Jeez. And they stormed it in a major way oh, yeah. in Knoxville, baby. Well, you put 100,000 people on the field, that looked like a Garth Brooks concert down there. <laughs> Ripped the goalposts down, took them, and y'all are going to have to help me with the river. I know Calhoun's is on the river. I can't think of the river that – Tennessee, is it the Tennessee or the Cumberland River? I think it's the Tennessee River over there in Knoxville. Okay, but I'm it's not a, sure. That is a, a, a city that I get a chance to go to on the way to Chapel Hill this year. And I had actually a couple friends that were there. If you didn't hear the call of the game, here's Brad Nessler at the tail end. From 40, on the way, a knuckleball. He got it! And here they come. Now he, I, I kind of chapped that 
clip that together, he kind of let the audience breathe and let the call breathe. But one of the things that I noticed, I think, guys, I think that ball, I think McBride's kick got blocked at the end. It still went in. That's why it was a knuckleball. I think. One I don't of the, know if it got tipped or not. I, I, I didn't notice. It looked like it did, but just kind of that exorcism of demons. Hannon Hooker's fantastic. That yeah. guy's going to win the Heisman Trophy this year. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Got to play Joe. If he has a good game against Georgia and they win, I think you can go ahead and start inscribing his name on it. But the thing that stood out to me, and I didn't get to watch this game the way I'd like to. We, were, you know, Arkansas was playing at the same time. But Chuck, you just look through the numbers. You watch the highlights. Alabama's lack of discipline, the penalties, and the way they play right now, just it's very uncharacteristic for a Nick Saban team. That's the difference right now, I think, in Alabama this year and maybe some other teams we've seen. Now, you know, before we get carried away, I mean, let's remember, they came into Fayetteville and played pretty well that day. So I'm not going to take anything away from them. They are still a very good team, and, um, you know, they ran into a really good team that's been waiting on them for a long time. And so those things can happen. But that that's the surprising part to me about Alabama right now are the penalties. And, um, you know, that's... I hesitate to use the word undisciplined. I mean that 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 term gets thrown around pretty cavalierly, but um, it but is on Alabama life. Penalties but are it part is, of Well, that. but I mean that that undisciplined just it, it, it's a big catch-all term, and you're right, well, it is part of it. It is part of it, and it is surprising that we are seeing it from <laughs> Alabama. I hesitate to use the term undisciplined on a team that's still probably one of the three or four best in the country, but it is surprising. It is surprising that they have the penalties they do. Well, the I most, use, I, most I use, in college football. Yeah, but I use it, but with the with the standard they've created for themselves. I mean, for another no doubt team, about it. I mean, that's no that, doubt I, about I'm, it. I'm comparing it to the greatness they've created and the expectation for Alabama, not no for the rest of college football. I compare it to what Nick Saban's program has become about over the last 15 years. I understand. I, 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 that is a very surprising aspect to me right now. And it was a big difference. I didn't watch the game because obviously we were playing and I've, I've not watched the replay. But um, when you look at those numbers, yes, I mean, that is very surprising. Yeah, And the kicking, I guess, shouldn't be surprising because Alabama over the years has had trouble with special teams in key moments. So. Well, they've been so. They've 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 always had a good punter. They've always been a little suspect at place kicker. They've always done a good job at flipping the field and winning field position. But you know, their place kicker's always been suspect a little, or sometimes has been suspect. And um, you know, they've been so good in other areas it hasn't mattered. Uh, Riker, I don't think a single person thought Riker was going to make a fifty-plus yard field goal when he stepped foot in that situation. I think Tennessee fans were pretty confident. Hooker savings over the surely this can't happen to me twice. Yeah. <laughs> There's only sixteen seconds. Surely it can't happen again. And boy did it. Yeah. And that Jalen Hyatt kid who's the outstanding wide receiver for Tennessee ended up with five touchdowns on the day. It was just blowing the doors off that Alabama defense. You think Pete Golden guys is gonna get a little bit of a, a butt chewing? Well, here's the thing, fellas, and I mean we've talked about defense a lot. We talk about it around here, but I mean, uh, we can talk some more about this as the show goes on, but this idea that even Alabama or Georgia is going to shut all these good offenses down, that just doesn't happen anymore. I think it's good for someone else in the league maybe to carry the flag. We'll see if Tennessee can do it, but uh, a little parity doesn't hurt this conference at all.
Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, where the game starts. First Western Bank, we are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. When K.J. Jefferson went down late in that fourth quarter, I know a lot of you got really, really tight. Luckily, it was just a stinger. Here's K.J. after the game. No, I'm doing good. I actually got a stinger. So all the years I've been playing football, I ain't never had a stinger. So it kind of <laughs> scared me. It had went normal. I was like, did I break my neck or something? So I'm doing good. I mean, good spirits. I mean, it was just a stinger. So it went away quickly. So I'm, I'm fine. You know, just a stinger. I mean, just a stinger, you know, like it's nothing. I mean, your body goes limp. I've never had a stinger, but I've talked to people who have, and, you know, your body just goes limp. It's 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 almost like you're, you know, paralyzed for a second or two. And so I'm sure it scared the heck out of him. Nothing more and, than you know, searing pain. And, you know, to say it's just a stinger, just a you know, I mean, that's, hey, that's a tough kid. Yeah. That's a tough kid that wants to play. I mean, he said, I was just a stinger. But uh, I guarantee you for a couple of seconds there, it scared him to death. Scared yes. me. Scared a lot of us. I remember I was telling Tommy one morning, Chuck, I had never had a cramp before in my quad, and I felt like that someone shot my leg. I had just never had one before. Yeah. But Well, uh, Ty, as you get a little bit older, you're going to have toe cramps at night. You're uh, going to have uh, calves going to tighten uh, up. I mean, it's it's coming. Charlie Horse. Charlie Horse in your it's calf. It's not going to be from playing ball either. It's just going to be from old age. It's going to happen. i got to stretch more. Uh, red-white game. Red wins 64-59. to Story of the game was Jalen Graham. He had 25 points. Also had a good out- outing from Anthony Black. Full disclosure, I did not. Well, the only thing I watched was the highlights on this. But, man, I'll tell you what, it looks good in Barnhill Arena. Shoot, I had white plus four and a half, and they just half a point short, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I noticed the crowd. Yeah. I noticed the pictures of the crowd. And, uh, you know, every time they play in Barnhill, I mean, for a lot of us, it just brings back a lifetime of memories. Devo was held out for the game. Uh, of course, he's mentioned as an Arkansas defensive back, and then moments later, he's dealing with an injury. Yeah. I just uh, It's a story of the season, it seems like. I have a hard time going into anything in that building, basketball, gymnastics, volleyball, anything. I hadn't been to a volleyball game, but and looking up in that corner, Chuck, and not seeing Frank Broyles on that, that ledge kind of in the corner eating popcorn. Oh, yeah, and, and as I've said before, I mean, I went through a period there where I worked at the university, and my office was in Barnhill, and every time I'd walk across the floor to go to somebody else's office, I mean, it was just a lifetime of memories. You remember where you sat and where you were when – you know, they won this game or that game, and um, I don't think we've you – know, 
Razorback Stadium's undergone a lot of transformations. I mean, those of us who are old enough to remember, remember the wooden bleachers in the south end. But, um, you know, Barnhill, they moved from Barnhill. So um, it still looks the same as it did back then. And mm. it's hard for me to walk in there without thinking about all those old days. More Arkansas basketball news. The Oklahoma City Thunder have become the Oklahoma City Grizzlies as Isaiah Joe awesome? just signed a deal with them. Uh, I was texting Coach Burnett over the weekend. They've got a tip-off showcase coming up in November that we were talking about. But Jalen and Isaiah back on the same team, yeah, guys. What, what a what a neat deal for their families, number one, to be that close to where their, their kid is playing. And for the fans to be able to travel over, Chuck, to oh, Oklahoma yeah. City and see them, hopefully it works out. Both get to play a lot. But uh, that's really great for both families. You know, Eric Burnett probably doesn't get enough credit for both those guys and and uh, their development. I mean, I'm going to tell you, they they came to Arkansas as basketball players. I mean, they weren't just talents. They were basketball players. When they got there, they knew how to play the game from the minute they walked on the campus. Now, part of that is obviously their 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 dads, um, you know, the, 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 the coaching and the teaching they've gotten at home. But, man, a lot of it's the way they run their basketball program there. And I'm talking about – you know, from start to finish. That is a uh, that is an elite high school basketball program. And both those guys were, as I said, they were basketball players from the minute they walked on campus. And you think about not just Eric Burnett's program, but the ladies' program and what Ricky Smith sent up to the university over the years and Wolfenbarger, to, to name one currently, I mean – that that school in general turns out some great talent. Hey, men's they and play a little basketball on the north side of town. Well, they do. I mean, they can uh, they uh, they can play a little basketball. All right, keep me going with your hog update. John Daly looks like he's going to be played in a biopic by or bio whatever by Jonah Hill. Biopic. Biopic. What do we think about that casting? Jonah Hill playing John Daly. Who would play you, Ty, in a biopic? Who would play Ty? Who would you want, Ty? Who would I want? Probably, yeah, who could grow their hair out like you could? Probably Austin Butler. Who's guy, that? guy that just played Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> Pick <laughs> a star, <laughs> man. Pick a star. <laughs> uh, someone that can grow long, luscious locks, blonde hair. I don't know. Someone that's occasionally funny. Nice guy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You're building yourself up pretty high. Well, occasionally funny. Occasionally funny. Everyone. It would take a superstar. I think that's understood. Yeah. Could, that's the truest statement you've ever said on the yeah. show, Chuck Barrett. Could we actually get Brad Pitt to play him? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's the obvious answer. I don't think Leo has the uh, hair follicles to, to pull this off. but yeah, well, we, You look a little more like Danny DeVito there, buddy. No, he's balding. <laughs> no, we're not. He's short, too. He'd play you, Tommy. He wouldn't play me. Uh, I knew that was coming. Uh, I do have some sad news to share this morning. John Brittenham, who is starting quarterback in 65 and 66, passed away at the age of 78, Chuck. Yeah, you know, he was a great Razorback, and we, we've lost a few over the last few weeks. Uh, Ken Sissel, uh, who lived in Hot Springs, passed away a couple of weeks ago, kicked a big field goal to beat Texas, and Ricky Norton passed away, a uh, basketball player out of Oklahoma. I know a lot of people remember him. And, um, yeah, I mean, it. Uh, um, even the heroes get old. And uh, John Brittenham was a hero for a lot of people of that generation. I actually went to college with his grandson, who had – Think's name is John as well. We played golf when I was a, a freshman and sophomore a little bit. But yeah, I remember 
Um, just talking with him a little bit about his grandpa and just the significance and the role he played back in the sixties, guys. Chuck, wasn't there a song that the, you know these yeah. two songs? John Britton, yeah. and John Britton. Or That's something. what I was going to say. Yeah. How many guys have songs written about him? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, and, you know, See, back in the day, the back in the day, you know, this is one of the things that I think's lost. Um, you know, they wrote songs about great players. They gave them all nicknames. You know, they they. They were uh, they were folk heroes in every sense of the term back then, and yeah, I mean when you're a quarterback and they're writing a song about you, you're pretty good. You remember, Tommy? I'm forgetting who sent us this. Do you remember someone wrote a song about ESPN Arkansas? It's like Tommy and Ty yeah. on the morning, and then it's got Phil. Chuck, surely there's been a song written about you over your years. I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, there you I, have it. Hey, hey, back in the day, you know, short squash Texan. Yeah. I mean that was uh, that was what they played every week. Every Texas week, you heard short squash Texan until you were blue in the face. And, yeah. you know, back then they wrote little melodies about sports, and they don't do that anymore. Ty, you need to start writing some songs, <laughs> giving some people some nicknames, and uh, go a little old school. Yeah. Old school. Yeah, we. I remember uh, Clay had us play that during the uh, during the Texas well, week last squash, year. Yeah, we, you play that. That, that was uh, exactly the way Chuck described it. It was a radio across all formats. Yeah, you played it everywhere. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning $150,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code HTL at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. NoHouseAdvantage.com. Promo code HTL. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. What is the final record going to be this year? I don't think anyone's going to say less than seven because I think everybody feels confident today about Auburn, Liberty, and Missouri. So I think, you know, really, are you going to go eight or nine? Do you think you're going to sweep LSU and Ole Miss is the question. And so I guess the, you know, if you want to play the odds, you could say you would split those games. So I'd, I would go with eight wins at this point. They'll win four of the next five. I think they'll lose the only loss that I for sure see on the schedule is Ole Miss I just don't know if that defense healthy or not will be able to stop Jackson Dart I think he's been one of the surprises this year in the Southeastern Conference that Ole Miss offense is just as lethal as it's ever been under Kiffin that's the only loss that I'm like looking at right now that I'm for sure about but guys I think they can win four of next five you're for sure they're gonna lose to Ole Miss I had no confidence unless something happens really I got no see, confidence in this. See, to me, I think it's a good question because I think you can make a case on either side of the aisle. I mean, that's, you know, last year 
they got to this point in the season through seven games, and it was not an identical schedule. You had Alabama left, and, and Liberty obviously was not on it. But it's similar from the respect that you've got, you know, you got Ole Miss coming up, you got LSU coming up, you got Missouri coming up, and, um, you know, I guess two of the three went our way last year. They're going to be close games. I think that's one of the things that you've got to consider moving forward, that there are probably going to be some close games. I think that Ole Miss game will be a close game. I think the LSU game will be a close game. The others may be too, but uh, I think you can point to those and say those may be one-possession games on either side. So, um, you know, they've got a chance to do what they did a year ago, and they've got a chance to do to exceed what they did a year ago. But there's also some pitfalls still out there, and they got to get that secondary healthier. Every single game is going to be a roller coaster ride. Yeah, you know, and what we've seen is teams without their starting quarterbacks are just—it's uh, a total personality change. And everybody you know, get a little scared when KJ went down well, there. Sure, the well, absolutely. <laughs> he had, he had some quick I did flashbacks. too. But if Jackson Dart for for some reason is not available to play in that game against Arkansas, you've got a great chance to win that game at that point. And we've seen what KJ means to to Arkansas. We've seen what Bryce Young means his team and there's other examples in this league so um you know you're not rooting for injury for your opponent no. but but the thing we've learned this week is week to week you just never know what you're going to get when it comes to the matchups i think that's just that's a situation where i guess if arkansas is to win they'd have to score 50 plus like they did last year they're not going to be able to contain old miss to under 40 points in that ball game and again like you said if if Altmeyer has to play if dark gets injured or something like that but if that team's healthy walking into razorback stadium they're going to rip that defense apart. I just, Man, I, you're I, speaking in a lot of absolutes I, on that I, ball game. No way we can win. Got to score at least forty. Just, and and, and uh, just, just have you looked to see who Alabama or uh, who uh, Ole Miss plays? Play Alabama the week before. Alabama Alabama the week before. The week before. A lot of teams yeah. come out of that Alabama game beat up a little and that, bit. And that's why we have the asterisk of, as you just pointed out, the quarterback in that situation. I just there's there's been nothing to this point, healthy or unhealthy, that has shown that Arkansas can defend a really good passing offense. What does Ole Miss have? Not only a really good passing offense, a really good running offense. They have two of the the best rushers in the SEC, and I think it's Quintez Jenkins and then uh, the the kid that Zach Evans. So well, hotty toddy, Zach. I mean, they're just or, or uh, Ty, just jump on in there. Man. I, I just I'm not, I don't want to be a homer. I just want to be a realist, and I'm telling you what I think. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Arkansas wins that game. I hope they went out and go five and zero. But you asked the we asked the question, how do I think Arkansas ends up? I don't think four and one's a bad take at all. I just don't think they're going to beat Ole Miss. You know, okay. from from a Ole Miss perspective, you just look at their schedule, and there's a lot of ball to play between now and then for everyone, including Arkansas. But Arkansas is the perfect trap game on their schedule, sandwiched between Bama and Mississippi State. That Arkansas game is is a trap in some ways for Ole Miss. Well, I mean, we're just going. I mean, every week's different. I, I mean, every week's different. I, I uh, you you better go beat Auburn. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's the first order of business right there. I mean, look, predicting's fun, and I like it too. I mean, everybody, and and you can make projections, and and I, you know, I'm giving Ty grief, but you know, he's not the only one that feels that way, and I understand that. Um, there's people down there at Auburn that think, well, you know, maybe we can beat Arkansas, and uh, Liberty's thinking, well, you know, we got Arkansas after Auburn before a league game. <laughs> I mean, we can go in there and win. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody's got something to motivate them, so. You know, you better go out there and play. Yeah. College football can make optimists of us all after a win sometimes. So, all right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. 
This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Professional people, professional service. Schedule your service appointment today at gopascal.com. Now, Chuck, I know you have to do your research and your homework before every game, but were you a, were you a little more nervous on this game with a, thir- a certain BYU player? Just be honest with us this morning. Which one are you talking about? This guy. And I still, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. I'm just going to say what you said. Mason Fakahua is checking in a running back. Pukahara is the running back. I no said it about five different Pukahara. ways. That's what I was cracking up. I heard what you said. <laughs> well, let me one. just tell you guys. Let me just tell you. There are certain names on a roster from time to time when you look at it and you go, uh-oh, that one can get me in trouble right there. Fakahara was yeah. one of those names. And, you know, it's one of those names. I'm going to be honest with you. I, uh, I looked at it before the game, and I practiced it, and I still said it about five different ways. But I avoided the way that I didn't want to say it. <laughs> if I was going to mess up some part, it was going to be the Ohura or Ahara or whatever it was. It wasn't going to be the first syllable. Right. And uh, I was very careful on that. But, yeah, I was, I was really nervous. We, uh, we talked about it in the booth. The first time Matt Zimmerman pointed to it, I, I didn't say it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we went to a break, and I practiced saying it again because it became apparent he was going to play. He hadn't played very much. It was like they – you know, they just threw him in there, and they throw the one guy in there that hadn't played much, and he's got the name that you better not mispronounce. And so, uh, yeah, I was nervous about it. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Mason Fakahua is checking yeah. in at running back. Oh, yeah. Fukuhara yeah. is the yeah. running back. No but I got the first part right. <laughs> I avoided disaster. I avoided disaster. See that, was like the, that. Uh, that was the most important thing there. Yeah, that you was see a, a name uh, like that, you just blame their parents. Oh, that, I mean, that was one of those deals. Like, that's a name that'll get you fired. Yeah. I, I mean, let's just be honest. That's a name that'll get you fired. You weren't even trying so to I was do very, wrong. I was very careful. I, you know, I didn't care about the last part. I just cared about the first part. I was, uh, I was cracking up when I heard that for the first time. I was like, did... I want. I looked at the stat sheet and I was like, "Man, Chuck's in for a day yeah. if they if this guy keeps getting the football." Well, they, they 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 had a really cool deal on their media notes. You could press an audio thing, and they would the player would actually pronounce his name for you. Oh, that's cool. But the problem was this guy never got to play, so he wasn't on it. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> I was. Uh, I just again, I just made sure that I got the first part right. It, it, as long as I got it right, everything else I could live with. Puka Nakua was another one. They had, they had a few, but uh, now wide Puka receiver. Nakua is a great player. Yeah. He's a Boy, great he's a good player. Wide he's a good receiver. You know, that's uh, they've scored now on four jet sweeps with him. Two of them in our game Saturday. He's a weapon, and they utilize him perfectly. He's a, he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. Man, well, Chuck, that's why you do that. What you do, and Tommy and I do. I don't think we're well, be able to handle. I don't man. know. That was a uh, boy. That that's a name that can reduce you to rank amateur pretty fast. I promise you. Mason Fakahua. <laughs> <laughs> that one's uh, that one's gonna go in what, the trash. What what what, what, <laughs> what have you read in December that he has uh, used the portal to come to Arkansas? Well, you know what? Then one of you guys may need to take over. <laughs> oh man, JW London, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Hey, good morning. I got a, a quick comment and a request. My comment now is that after, in the words of Eddie and Clarksville, I'll pull wool back on the train now that I see that the conductor and his chief engineers are in charge of things. Now, I know it's easy to be that way after a win, but I'm not willing to concede 
any game the rest of the year. Uh, I know the odds are probably against it, but I refuse to concede any. My request is, if he's going to be like that, would you all just get Ty a blue blazer and a BMW to to ride to the game? <laughs> because I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to pretend that we're not going to kick their butt. He's already got the hair to go along with the old key word is The key word is <laughs> pretend on that. Yeah. I Again, that's a long way. That's November. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving, so it's, no, what, the 19th? Oh, don't backpedal now. Don't backpedal. And I, I can see... with your blue, the, the blue right, blade, your khaki I'm flipping pants. both of you off right now. <laughs> I conceded earlier that a lot can happen between now and then. I reserve the right to change my opinion. But as okay. it stands right now, it's 726 on Hot Take Monday. I do not feel confident that Arkansas can win that game based on their secondary. Everybody's got the right to change their mind. That is a, exactly the point, including never, about... I will have never rooted for the Razorbacks more no, than I, against Ole Miss. <laughs> if you don't think I'm going to be cheering for them, and I'll keep it together, actually, I don't think I'm going to send the press box for that game. If you don't think I'm going to be cheering for Arkansas in that game, you're out of your bleeping mind. Well, I'll always So you're going to be, be born, out amongst the people. Out amongst the people, man. I have All yet right. to sit in the, the actual Donald W. Reynolds Razorback stadium sitting area. I don't think I'm going to sit in the press box for that game. I actually, because I hate Ole Miss. hate those guys so much. All right, so you guys were talking about just kind of what this game, or kind of setting up the season and stuff. I thought it was really interesting. Sam Pittman, uh, he, he was kind of joking with the media at the tail end of his press conference and what the outlook would have been like if they had lost, and now it feels they're getting on the plane. Could you imagine getting on that plane with losing, hearing how terrible I am and all that, and how bad I need to fire KB and all this? We score 52. I'm so happy that we won, and I'm going to get on that plane with my beautiful wife and our team and enjoy the heck out of it. We're off tomorrow, and I'm off. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I need to go to church. But I don't know what I'm going to do. But I know what I'm not doing. And I'm not going in the office. I'm, we're off. He's relaxing yesterday after that win. But I thought that was kind of open and honest. He knows what fans are thinking. He knows what fans say on social media. And he said in the press conference yesterday. Or Saturday. Well, we talked about this all last week, guys, that, you know, the mental mindset that you would have winning versus losing going into a bye week and wearing that collar for two weeks. I mean, that was much as much about it as anything. It's just what the mindset in the building would be off a win versus a loss, Chuck. You you get a sense. You get a feel being around it. I mean, a win here might be the biggest win of the year. It might be the turning point. We go back and pinpoint later on when we dissect the season come December. Well, that's what a win this time of year does. It allows you to mentally flip the script. I mean, you've gone from three straight losses to all of a sudden, hey, this is right where we were a season ago. And let's remember how it how it closed out last year. Let's remember the games we won. And let's remember going to Tampa and beating Penn State and getting to nine wins. And so it, it, it changes everything when you win a game like this from top to bottom. And... You know, it is nice to have an open week right now because, I mean, they are uh, they are banged up. And if there was ever a week to get healthy, it's this one. one Guys, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this. Do you know there's a freeze warning in Fayetteville tonight? I saw the freeze he, warning, not 30, freeze yeah. watch. Yeah. Freeze warning. This may be the first night people turn their heaters on, and that's why I want to talk to you about Pascal Air, Plumbing, and Electric. When it comes to your home service needs, always remember to call the pros at Pascal. And you need to ask them about Pascal's plan protection plan. I know that's a lot of peas. 
But it's an important thing because right now you are going to start using that heater. And you do want it checked out. And this will provide you not just with the check of your heater now, but seasonal tune-ups all year long. Now, Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric has been in business for over 50 years. Um, our old friend Charlie Boyce is the owner, former Razorback pitcher, and there's a bunch of former hogs out there that are part of his staff, and they really are pros at Pascal. They've got locations. If you can hear me right now, essentially they've got a location in your town right now. And again, it's the plan protection plan from Pascal, and you can log on to gopascal.com. You know, one of the other things, just sitting there with Coach after the game with the rest of the media, he, he was very optimistic. In fact, doubled down almost in his enthusiasm about getting some players back. They were able to travel a few more, Chuck, because it was not an SEC game. There were five different players, including three in the secondary, that did not make the trip. Uh, both Johnsons and uh, Slusher didn't didn't come on the trip. He, he was pretty optimistic about getting healthy and getting those those guys back, the ones that didn't travel uh for Auburn. Yeah, I mean you're gonna I mean if they're gonna they're gonna do well down the stretch, you gotta get some of those guys back. I mean, you think about they're already down Catalan and Bishops out for the year. Go back and look at what that starting lineup was for Cincinnati. And the look at the participation chart and uh compare it to where they are right now. And um, you know, then you go without Kari and you go without Jaden Johnson and you go without Miles Slusher and then he can't play the second half with Chavis. Chavis gets hurt, and he doesn't play the second half. I mean, you're you're really down to guys that, I mean, guys you just, number, number one, you don't always plan on taking, and you certainly don't plan on playing, and that's just kind of where they are. You know, on the offensive side, Tykes Crawford didn't make the trip, and there's a guy that's been your sixth man, essentially, your utility player, uh, Arkansas was fortunate that that uh, that his services weren't needed on Saturday. Yeah, he's he's been kind of banged up, and he didn't go. And and you know, you look at uh, um, you know, it's it, it's probably time for Emarion Harris, you know, to get to play a little bit more. I think Kudis is going to be a player at some point. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to play him much right now, um, but I think those are probably the, the 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 guys beyond Crawford that you might look at. If somebody goes down or, or you know, we've, we've seen other spots, wide receiver with Keytron and Stevens, and then in the secondary by necessity. I mean, you've got to have players come on during the year. You've got to have some guys. If you're going to be good, you've got to have some guys playing well at the end of the year that maybe didn't factor into things at the start of the year. And so I'll be interested to see along that offensive line if, if Harris plays, particularly Harris, if uh, Harris plays a little bit more as we move forward. Because the next wave of offensive linemen, a good chunk of those are in-state kids, including a Marion. He's either Maumel or Joe T. Robinson. I'm forgetting. Well, he's Elliot Harris's son, and and he's uh, he's got obviously good good football lineage there. Uh, they're going to go to the portal, I'm sure too. Um, you know, they may uh, they may find a guy or two in the portal. You never know. I would expect them to hit the portal pretty hard for secondary players as well, just based on kind of what's happened. And, again, no coach, if you think about it, you've really lost seven guys with the additions of Greg Brooks and Joe Fouché. Joe was your captain last year, and Greg, both those guys ended up at LSU. So it's not really even just five, it's seven. Then you lose Chavis in his last game. And it's well, you get McLaughlin back, and I think McLaughlin's a player. I, I mean, I know he got some P.I. Saturday, but I think McLaughlin's a player. And, uh, he, you know, you're going to – it's feast or famine. 
a lot of times at that spot, and uh, I think uh, I think he's a keeper. Yeah, the deal with Nudie is he till Hudson picked the ball off. Had the, he was the only guy on the team that had an interception. He was the highest yeah. graded out. I know Pro Football Focus is sometimes he's a blocked, but he uh, he's made some plays this year. Yeah. And anytime you pick up Bryce Young, probably doing something right. But yeah. you know, guys, let me say this: going into this ball game, you know who led the team in pass breakups? Hudson probably Clark. Hudson Clark. Yep, Hudson Clark. Yeah. And uh, you know, you talk about a guy that gets hammered. I mean, man. I mean, our 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 fans and everybody else's fans hammers him, and every week he just goes out there and plays, does the best he can. Yeah. Every week goes out there, does the best he can, and you know, played a terrific game Saturday. I thought. Yeah, I thought moving him in the middle of the field. You know, I, I, there were times where Simeon Blair had trouble with coverage. There were some obvious gaps there at at moments. So. I mean, to act like Hudson Clark is the only issue that they have in that secondary is just really not paying attention to what's going on because, you know, just to be nice about it, Simeon Blair had some moments that uh, that left you scratching your head a little bit. Well, lots of them do, and, and that's just, you know, that's kind of where they are right now. And, um, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, they're almost in the situation sometimes of, hey, we got to get lined up right. You know, uh, we got to make sure people know their assignments here. We got to... Um, you know, and you need people out there that have done that. And, you know, Hudson Clark's played two spots, and he probably, I would imagine, understands as well as anybody, maybe better than anybody, what's going on back there. Well, getting Slusher back would be a huge step no forward. No question. No uh, question. For this secondary. It's Hot Take Monday, brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of exit 72, off of I-49 in Springdale. The best brands, the best prices, and always a lifetime warranty on every new RV they sell. It's all at Wheels RV, again, five miles west of exit 72, off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, discover with Wheels RV. Chuck, real quick, I want to ask you about some MLB stuff. You've got the Padres against the Phillies in the NLCS, and the Astros will be playing either the Yankees or the Guardians, who ends up winning that game later on today. Does that still have any of your attention since the Cardinals have gone? or is it, A little it, bit. A little bit. I mean, there there have been some good games so far. Now, I don't care what Major League Baseball says. This is their worst nightmare in the National League. Uh, they don't want San Diego or Philadelphia in the World Series. They wanted the Dodgers in the World Series and maybe the Braves um, or certainly the Mets. Um, they uh, And in a perfect world, you get the Dodgers and the Yankees in the World Series. But, um, you know, if they get Houston – which is what I think they're going to get out of the American League and say they get the Padres out of the National League or, or even the Phillies out of the National League, um, this is not going to be what they want in terms of ratings. Now, I got no problem with it. I, I, you know, I, I, I tend to pull for the underdog, and so I got no problem with what's going on right now. But um, believe me, Major League Baseball did not want the Phillies and the Padres in the NLCS. I enjoyed the. I always enjoy the beat LA chance and. Oh, I like them too. I, I think, like them too. I think those are are great and in uh, Cleveland going back and forth with New York that games back in Yankee Stadium tonight. But that's been a fun, entertaining series to this point. I also like Chuck how it goes three five seven. Well, I, you know, I like that. But here's the thing about expanding the playoffs: is you are going to have we've had already and we'll continue to have moving forward. Um, these teams that win, like the Dodgers, 111 games, um, get beat in the playoffs because you've expanded the playoffs. you got more teams competing. In years gone by, the Phillies 
would not have been in the playoffs. Um, even after they expanded them, the Phillies wouldn't have been, you know, the initial expansion, the Phillies wouldn't have been in. And so, um, you know, you're going to see more of this moving forward. Um, you know, in the old days, you had two divisional champions, and if one won 111 and the other won 105, you were going to have a really good team representing your league. And it was going to be, you know, the best team day in and day out. But with the expanded playoffs, this this is going to happen more and more. You go back to the 06 Cardinals. I, you know, I, I mean, it's it, that, that's just how it works now. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. You know, my mind was completely focused on football until you brought up property taxes. Yeah. I thought I paid those oh, off, but now it's the day. Oh, my dad hated today. You know, when you had to go to the county office and write that check for tax on everything you own, more or less. So. And the only thing I have to worry about at this point in time is a car. I'm probably going to buy a house within the next year or so, but I think I paid that. But now yeah. you have me thinking I haven't. Well, you'll know when they repo your car. They'll probably come get it about Wednesday if you don't haven't paid it yet. So. So I'll figure that out. <laughs> Got to stop by the, the revenue office. I don't office. think they're quite that. I don't think that's quite how it works. But uh. Is there a worse place in the United States in America than a revenue office? <laughs> place is a living hell. And I, I don't mean to stadium. rip on the fine government employees that work there. But Sounds gosh, like I mean, that place is horrible. Horrible. Well, the, the key is you walk in, you get your number, then you go have lunch and you come back. And then it's approximately about when they'll call your number, you know. Yeah, but it's like, oh, we can make it easier by paying online, but it's a 10% charge to your credit card. I mean, it's just like they say they make it easier. Than just well, here's the deal, them. though. Here's the deal. 10% to not have to go to the office and sit, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. It's a pretty good deal. Well, it may not be entirely fair, but I'll take the deal. Yeah. Listen, for you guys that are have made some money, particularly you two individuals, that's that's a... That's a meal right there. I mean, guys, that's a big deal for a guy that's just kind of barely surviving at 27. Hey, Tommy's got, got money. property all over Northwest I know, Arkansas, man. man. Yeah, I barely got enough money to put gas in the car, and I just... 
I just have my people take care of it. You yeah, know? that's yeah. right. It's what he's got an accountant for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wish, wish mine would show up sometimes. Hey, we're brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. The best brands, the best prices, and always a lifetime warranty on every new RV they sell. That's at Wheels RV. Again, five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, discover with Wheels RV. Yeah, now I have to go do that after. I'll bring that down. Well, you notice Tommy's the only, you know, Tommy's the one that brought it up. Mm -hmm. Tommy's the one that's got the most property. This is a bad day for Tommy. <laughs> this, is, this, this is this just a bad day. I paid mine about two weeks ago. Just okay. To get it well, then that the was a bad day. Yeah, that was, was a bad, bad day. day. Yeah. More. Well, apparently Alabama fans had a bad day on Saturday night. Steve and Fayetteville is jumping here with us. Steve, uh, I want to hear your thoughts on how that game played out in Knoxville on Saturday. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for taking the call. Well, to begin with, um, did anybody think that uh, the way Tennessee, when they were blitzing was um unfairly hitting Bryce around the head and the shoulders. They had one the Omari Thomas should have been flagged for a what should have been a targeting. I don't know why that game went, but outside yeah, of that yeah, there that, wasn't there wasn't anything I thought was okay, malicious. You're right. I, I I agree the targeting he should have been thrown out. But there were there were several other plays where I thought uh Tennessee um, was unfairly uh, hitting Bryce. And then the last play, now the last play, um, geez, I've, I've seen that on replay. I can't believe that that was called a pass interference and that took Alabama's undefeated season away. Are you from Alabama, that, that Steve? Oh no, I'm from I'm from up New England. No, I'm a transplanted. Yankee. I was going to no, say you don't sound like you're from Alabama. Yeah. That's why I was confused. No, no, Arkansas. No, just to, no, just give you the first football game I ever saw was in Yankee Stadium in 1960. The first time the Dallas Cowboys came to New York, and it was the only game that year that the Cowboys didn't lose. They tied the New York Giants. And they lost the other 13 games. And my father went down and got season tickets. And I went to every single game until 1972 when I, I left the area. And then when they built Giant Stadium, my father signed the tickets over to me. That's so awesome. So I got to see Montana and Gail Sears and Butkus. I was stationed on the West Coast. I think I've seen a lot of different football. I have seen the way Tom Brady is treated, and you can't touch Tom Brady. You know, now, when the Giants won their two Super Bowls against the Patriots, they were able to get to Tom Brady. But the way, the way Tennessee, I, I don't know, I just, um, I just think that Alabama was treated unfairly, and I know people say, well, you know, Nick Saban... Well, if it wasn't for Nick Saban, half of these games wouldn't be on TV because yeah. he's put the SEC on the map. Well, and let I me say this. Let me say this. And, and, and look, you, you – I mean, they definitely went after Bryce Young. But, you know, you're, you're kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth. You're saying, well, you can't hit Tom Brady. 
But then you're saying they were too vicious when they went after Bryce Young. Now, here's the thing, and, and, and this is, you know, Alabama's been the bully. Alabama's been the bully on the block for a long time. And everybody that's played Alabama knows this. And you was brought up a little bit earlier when we were talking about Ole Miss. Not only do they beat you on the scoreboard, they generally knock one of your players out. I mean, that's, I mean they are the bully. I thought Tennessee was the aggressor. They, they were the bully, so to speak. They challenged Alabama physically the same way Alabama does everybody else. Let me tell you, there's not a team in this league that doesn't come away from an Alabama game thinking, man, they got away with a lot of stuff. But it's because they're aggressive, it's because they're a bully, and because they make an official make a call. And uh, that's one of the reasons, for example, I, I don't really have a problem with McLaughlin for us right now. I mean, that's what you do. You play physical. You play aggressive. Tennessee went after Bryce Young, and that's one of the reasons they won the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, you know, the only thing I can tell you is that, like, 15 years ago when um, ESPN took the contract with, you know, college football in the SEC, a lot of that was because of Saban. And, and, you know, and well done, I am also a diehard Yankee fan. And I, I will certainly say that if it's good for the Yankees, it's good for baseball. And I, I like to say, Saban's the bully on the block. Well, I don't know. I just think I, I enjoy watching them. They don't have anybody thrown in jail. No, nobody's, you know, been any kind of a, um, a bad, and just like here, you know, Arkansas always, since I was a little kid, I remember that game in 1969. I was a sophomore in high school, you know. But anyway, I, I just think that Alabama um, got treated a little bit on unfairly by the refs. But, you know, what can I say? I can only go back, um, say, 14 or 15 years. Steve, well, now, well, well, now, hang on a minute. I, I want to say one thing. Thanks for your call, by the way. But, uh, um, you know, the idea that there was an SEC football before Nick Saban's kind of silly. I mean, there was Bear Bryant. There was Shook Jordan. There was Pat Dye. I mean, and, 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 and I'm not going back far enough. I mean, there have been great programs. I mean, there have been great programs in this league for a long time. Saban certainly added to it. There's no doubt about that. But uh, to say Saban made the SEC is really short-sighted. What are the odds that Steve works at Walmart, Tyson, or J.B. Hunt? Well, no, I, 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 you know, I, I, I like Steve's call. I wish Steve would call back. More no, I'm just, I'm just talking about. I'm just talking about the transplant aspect. Well, you may be right on that, but uh, I will agree with Steve on this part, Chuck. That people like Nick Saban, what he did is the reason there's an SEC network. If the league hadn't had the success with Alabama and Auburn in that that back to back year where they won national titles, and what happened between about '09 and that's what brought the network into well, fruition. They happened to be good at that time. Now, if it had been, you know, the times were changing and the network was going to happen regardless, but there's no doubt that having a great team like Alabama gave them something to hang their hat on right away. But, you know, if it had happened back in the 90s, it would have been Tennessee with Peyton Manning. And, and um, you know, there's if, if, if it had happened when Tebow was around, you know, when Tebow was a player, um, you know, that's what they would have hung their hat on. But there's no doubt that Alabama's success gave the SEC network something that no other conference's network had. 
Let's come back to our game for a sec. I did really enjoy watching that game in Knoxville, but I do want to talk about what happened in Provo. Coach Pittman was asked after the game the importance of getting that win. Here's what he had to say. Everything. Because we had the bye, I wanted to let the kids know how big this is for us. It puts us right back into a good, a really good bowl. It puts us right back where we can finish second or third in the league, all this kind of stuff. I know it didn't have anything to do with SEC standings. I'm not saying that. But it had everything to do with confidence that we needed. Everything. And to beat a team on the road to BYU, that should help us. We put all the eggs in this basket, and fortunately it worked this time. Got a dub. Now they can use that to propel themselves into the bye week, guys. You know, I've always maintained what gets a coach fired are the games you're, that you're supposed to win that you don't. Sam Pittman's 8-0 in non-conference ball games right now. That's one of the ways you keep your job. Yeah, and that question should have been asked post-game, and I was sitting right there and didn't ask it and was thinking about that driving back because that was a question should have been asked because his 8-0, I mean, if you go back and compare it, I know Lou Holtz was the 7-0, and and I don't know who the 7 wins were, but these haven't been chopped liver no. in these eight games. I think that needs to be pointed out that you know, a lot of times you'll you'll uh, you'll win eight no as they say against roast beef tech. He has not done that. No, he's beating Texas. I mean, he's beating Texas, Cincinnati uh, this year. You know, beat Cincinnati. I, I mean, uh, and and look, let's not act be like going to BYU. We've never done it before. You know why? Because that's a game that a lot of times you get beat. I mean, you don't schedule that game. You know, I, I mean, to go out there and play that game. Um, and get that win, I thought, hey, let's be honest. There were a lot of people three or four weeks ago that, and I was one of them, thought we might have a top ten matchup out there. It didn't work out mm-hmm. that way. But I know a lot of people were concerned about this game, and rightly so. And to go out there and win that game, um, I thought it was impressive. Yeah, what is it? They, they play this series this year, then next year with BYU, then was it 26-7? and seven is, play Utah. Play Utah out at yeah. home, and, home and away. And I don't know. Hopefully that game will survive. Uh, conference expansion and nine-game p- Yeah, potential. we'll have to see what we'll all see. that – yeah, we'll see how it all shakes out. But right now that is that is the plan. you got Notre Dame coming here in 25, and I guess they're in 28 – I think it is. So. Everything's subject to change. Right everything, now, though, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't book your tickets yet because I think a lot of these games may hit the uh, the chopping block when they start figuring out nine game SEC. Schedules. I hope not, though. No, I hope I, not. I'm with I, you. I, uh, um, hey, let's 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 go sign some players from out there. You know, let's go out there and beat them and take their best players. Well, apparently I mean, they got that's some. what you do. I mean, they let's go two. get some linemen out there. They got two ranked program. I know BYU's just slipped out, but they've been in the poll more than they've not this year. Utah beats USC. I mean, there were two ma- major college That's football games game. within thirty minutes of each other this past Saturday: Salt Lake and Provo. So I mean, so uh, yeah, I good mean, football hey, out there. Let's play out there. Let's expand our recruiting base. They got a lot of good offensive linemen out there. Let's go get some of them. Yeah. Hey, we're brought to you by Burton Pools and Spas. The annual hot tub warehouse sale is on now, with eight thousand t- hot tubs sold. These are the people you can trust at Burton's. No one else matches the sales and the service. A lot of people throw around that term, sales and service. They live up to the hype, so to speak, when it comes to service because they know exactly what they're doing. From the moment they deliver your hot tub to uh, the minute they train you on everything you need to do to care for and, and enjoy it. And right now, savings up to $4,900, payments as low as $80 a month. It's the Hot Tub Warehouse Sale, Burton Pools and Spas, Springdale and Fort Smith, and online at BurtonPools.com. Just a reminder, Matt Jones will be for the full show of halftime later on today and, and all this week in the remaining time. He had a great conversation with Chuck yesterday. He's going to be doing the Monday edition of the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast. I really enjoy him breaking down that game, Chuck. Number nine, Matt Jones.
great Razorback, and I love hearing the perspective right after a ball game of somebody who's been there, particularly a quarterback, uh, somebody that uh, recognizes things that we don't recognize and watches the game in a way that we don't watch it, sees a game we don't see, and uh, match that match that kind of mind. I, I really enjoyed visiting with him. We're going to do that every uh, every Monday on uh, the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast. We're going to do that, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I know a guy that gave me a preview of, of, the, of the podcast early. I got to listen to it before it came out. You got an advanced listen? I, I got an advanced listen. I know a guy on the inside here at, uh, at, the, at the radio station, and, the, and I don't want to give away the conversation, but you ask him about KJ's Houdini play, and I don't think there's anyone better to ask about what it's like in that moment to escape and, and what you're thinking and what you don't want to have happen, it, you need to listen because I thought the way Matt broke it down and explained it was, was brilliant. He, he's the one that brought up Ben Roethlisberger, and I hadn't thought about that. But he talked about how, you know, when Big Ben played, people just fell off of it. And you'd see him, and he would be trapped. Obviously, they're, you know, different, different type players in terms of their running ability. But, you know, um, KJ, I mean, it was that kind of play. Hey, guys, now more than ever, now more than ever, if you're buying or selling a home, you need a professional on your side. I mean, someone that really understands the business, and that's what you're going to find at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. That was certainly my experience, and I think it's going to be your experience, too. You know, how to price, what to offer. Uh, not just that, but all the things that come up sometimes that prevent you from getting to contract from contract to close. That's what they're really good at. That was my experience with them anyway, and I think it will be yours as well. This is all they do. These are real estate professionals, trained real estate professionals, and I think your experience is going to be great as well. They've got an office in Fayetteville. They've got another one in Springdale. They're in Bentonville. You'll find them in Fort Smith. They've just uh, just opened a new office in Branson, Missouri. You're going to see their yellow signs and you can log on to WeikerGriffin.com. And they bring you. They are the presenting sponsor. Of the presenting the, sponsor. That's right. Of the uh, Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast. We appreciate them. Let's take another call. Sterling in Center Ridge. Go ahead, Sterling. Go ahead, Sterling. You're on with us, buddy. I think that's the first Sterling time. once, Sterling twice. Oh, the first Sterling time in radio, gone. radio history. Yeah. He hasn't been ready for it. He'll him. call back. Uh, he always does. All right, guys, so continuing on with this football conversation, Arkansas dominates 52-35. to And it wasn't just – I know that KJ had the career high in touchdowns and five. He also yeah, – you busted 277 rush yards out as well. Offensively, that was their best best game of the season. I don't think it was close. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, when you score on eight straight drives, that's uh, – you can't ask for much better than that. Yeah. You know, and one of the interesting things that was discussed after the game, was discussed during the game, was – Rocket Sanders, he ends up with 175 yards, his best game. And, Chuck, he did that while standing on the sideline for a while. Coach addressed this after the game that, hey, you know, when you fumble the ball, you need to come over here and stand for a little while. And Rocket did and still managed 175, including that 64-yard rip for a score. You know, that's, that's another thing we talked about on the podcast with Matt about, you know, what it's like for a player. I mean, if you carry the ball, you're going to fumble. It's going to happen. Um, and what it's like when you know you're going to come over to the sidelines and you're going to watch for a little bit. What a motivator it was. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing, though. He was a fresh back. You know, he sat out for a while, but when he came back in, he was not only motivated, but that was a fresh running back. And I thought down the stretch, I mean, he busted off that long run. 
I don't know if he's carried the ball 20, 22 times if he does that. He might. He got a couple of great blocks on that play, Hudson Henry especially. But, um, you know, he might have scored on that play regardless. But, you know, he was fresh as a result of all that. When he came back, you know, he was um, – he was highly motivated. As Matt said, nothing motivates you like standing on the sidelines watching. Chuck, you want to talk about blocking. I, I've really noticed it from Nathan Bax. I feel like every time that he's in there run blocking, he's always getting that one key Ooh. block to spring somebody. He punished that one guy. They mm-hmm. called targeting at first, and then they went back, and they said, no, he didn't. it wasn't targeting. He just punished him. He just threw him to the, you know, just drove him into the ground. I know they got him on that uh, – on that uh, crackback, yeah, side but uh, um, I'm not sure that was a penalty. I guess it was. Well, I he was didn't trying go to low. Out who ran into who? I mean, you don't have yeah, to go low, but who who actually created yeah. the contact on that play? I, I, I mean, that's hey, that's a tough call, and yeah. and uh, that's a tough call, and sometimes that doesn't go your way. But yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's not afraid to hit somebody. That's for sure. I'm not saying he's perfect on every play, but uh, I wouldn't want to be the guy he's trying. That's 260, 265 pound guy. And um, as we saw, he, he can drive you into the ground. That was a decleater. That's what that one was. <laughs> it was. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.